Book Seven, Chapter Nine of Camilla. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Camilla, or a Picture of Youth by Fanny Burney, Chapter Nine. Offs and Ons. Mr. Tyrrell left Eugenia to her sisters, unwilling to speak of Lindmere till he had seen something more of him. Sir Hugh also was going, for he had no time, he said, to lose in his— But Eugenia, taking his arm, besought that nothing might at present be mentioned. "'Don't trouble yourself about that, my dear,' he answered, "'for it is what I take all into my own hands, your cousin being a person that don't talk much.' by which how can anything be forwarded if nobody interferes a girl you know my dear can't speak for herself let her wish it never so much alas said eugenia when he was gone how painfully am i situated clermont will surely suppose this precipitance all mine and already possibly concludes it is upon my suggestion he has thus prematurely been called from his travels and impeded in his praiseworthy ambition of studying the laws manners and customs of the different nations of europe the wan countenance of camilla soon however drew all observation upon herself and obliged her to narrate the cruel adventure of the morning the sisters were both petrified by the account of sir sedley and their compassion for his expected despair was changed into disgust at his insulting impertinence they were of opinion that his bird and his letters should immediately be returned and their horror of any debt with a character mingling such presumption with such levity made eugenia promise that as soon as she was mistress of so much money she would send him in the name of lionel his two hundred pounds the bird therefore by tom hod was instantly conveyed to clarendel place but the letters Camilla retained till she could first shew them to Edgar, if this event had not lost him to her for ever, and if he manifested any desire of an explanation. Edgar himself, meanwhile, in the paroxysm of sudden misery and torturing jealousy, had galloped furiously to the rector of Cleves. "'Oh, Dr. Marchmont!' he cried. "'What a tale have I now to unfold!' within these last twenty-four hours i have been the most wretched the happiest and again the most agonized of human beings i have thought camilla bestowed upon another i have believed her o oh, doctor my own i have conceived myself at the summit of all earthly felicity i find myself at this moment deluded and undone he then detailed the account calling upon the doctor to unravel to him the insupportable enigma of his destiny to tell him for what purpose camilla had shown him a tenderness so bewitching at the very time she was carrying on a clandestine intercourse with another with a man who though destitute neither of wit nor good qualities it was impossible she should love since she was as incapable of admiring as of participating in his defects to what incomprehensible motives attribute such incongruities why accept and suffer her friends to accept him if engaged to sir sedley 
why if seriously meaning to be his this secret correspondence why so early so private so strange a meeting whence dr marchmont the daring boldness of his seizing her hand whence the never-to-be-forgotten license with which he presumed to lift it to his lips and there hardly to detain it so as never man durst do whose hopes were not all alive from his own belief in their encouragement explain expound to me this work of darkness and amazement tell me why with every appearance of the most artless openness i find her thus eternally disingenuous and unintelligible why though i have cast myself wholly into her power she retains all her mystery she heightens it into deceit next perjury ask me my dear young friend why the sun does not give night and the moon day then why women practise coquetry alas my season for surprise has long been past they will rather trifle even with those they despise than be candid even with those they respect the young baronet probably has been making his court to her or she has believed such was his design but as you first came to the point she would not hazard rejecting you while uncertain if he were serious she was possibly putting him to the test by the account of your declaration at the moment of your unseasonable intrusion if this doctor is your statement and if your statement is just in how despisable a lottery have i risked the peace of my life you suppose then that if sure of sir sedley i am discarded you know what i think of your situation can i when to yet more riches i add a title suppose that of sir sedley less secure the shuddering start the distracted look of edgar with his hand clapped to his burning forehead now alarmed the doctor who endeavoured to somewhat soften his sentence dissuading him against any immediate measures and advising him to pass over these first moments of emotion and then coolly to suffer inquiry to take place of decision but edgar could not hear him he shook hands with him faintly smiled as an apology for not speaking and hurrying off without waiting for his servant galloped towards the new forest leaving his absence from cleves to declare his defection and bent only to fly from camilla and all that belonged to her all however that belonged to camilla was precisely what followed him pursued him in every possible form clung to his heart-strings almost maddened his senses he could not bear to reflect retrospection was torture anticipation was horror to lose thus without necessity without calamity the object of his dearest wishes to lose her from mere declension of esteem any inevitable evil he cried i could have sustained any blow of fortune however severe any stroke of adversity however terrible but this this error of all my senses this deception of all my hopes this extinction of every feeling i have cherished he rode on yet harder leaping over everything thoughtless rather than fearless of every danger he could encounter and galloping with the speed of violence of some pursuit though folly without view and almost without consciousness as if hoping by flight 
to escape from the degenerate portrait of camilla but its painter was his own imagination and mocked the attempt from the other side of a five-barred gate which with almost frantic speed he was approaching with a view to clear a voice hallooed to stop him and at the same time a man who was leading one horse and riding another dismounted and called why as sure as i'm alive it's squire mandelbert edgar now perceiving jacob was going to turn back to avoid him but restraining this first movement faintly desired him to stand by as he had not a moment to lose good luck cried jacob with the freedom of an old servant who had known him from a boy why i would not but have happened to come this way for never so much why you might have broke your neck else leap such a gate at this here why i can't let you do no such thing miss camilla's like a child of my own as one may say and she'll never hold up her head again i'll be bound for it if you should come to any harm and as to poor old master twould go nigh to break his heart struck with words which from so faithful and old servant could not but be touching edgar was brought suddenly to himself and felt the claim of the tyrol family for a conduct more guarded he endeavoured to put his own feelings apart and consider how best he might spare those of the friends of camilla those of camilla herself he concluded to be out of his reach except as they might simply relate to the female pride and vanity of refusing rather than being given up he paused now to weigh how he might obviate any offence and after first resolving to write a sort of general leave-taking and next seeing the almost insuperable objections to whatever he could state determined upon gaining time for deliberation by merely commissioning jacob to carry a message to cleves that some sudden affairs called him for the present to a distant part of the country this at such a period would create a surprise that might lead the way to what would follow and camilla who could not he thought be much astonished might then take her own measures for the defection she would see reason to expect but jacob persisted bearing the intelligence good luck sir he cried what have you got in your head something that will do you no good i'll be bound by the look of your eyes which look as big as if they were both going to drop out you'd better come yourself and tell em what's the matter and speak a word to poor miss camilla or she'll never believe but what some ill has betided you why we all knew about it fast enough before our master told us servants have eyes well as their masters only mary will have it she found it out at the first which ain't true for i saw it by the time you'd been a week in the house and if you'll take my word squire i don't think there's such another heart in the world as miss camilla's except just my own old masters edgar leant against his horse neither speaking nor moving yet involuntarily listening while deeply sighing what a power of good she'll do continued jacob when she's mistress of beech park i warrant she'll go about visiting the poor and making them clothes and broths and wine possets and baby linen all day long she has done it at etherington quite from a child and when she had nothing to give em she used to take her thread papers and needle-books and sit down and work for them 
and carry them bits and scraps of things to help em patch their gowns why when she's got your fine fortunes she'll bring a blessing upon the whole county edgar felt touched his wrath was softened into tenderness and he ejaculated to himself such indeed i thought camilla active in charity gentle in good works i thought that in putting my fortune into her hands i was serving the unhappy feeding the indigent reviving the sick master continued jacob took a fancy to her from the very first as well as i and when master said she was coming to live with us i asked to make it a holiday for all our folks and master was as pleased as i but nobody'd think what a tender heart she's got of her own without knowing her because of singing and laughing and dancing so except when old marglands in the way who's what mr lionel calls a killjoy at any time howbeit i'll take special care she shan't be by when i tell her of my stopping you from breaking your neck here but i wish you could be in a corner yourself to peep at her without her knowing it i'll warrant you'll see she give me such a smile you'd be fit to eat her shaken once more in every resolution because uncertain every opinion edgar found the indignant desperation which had seized him begin to subside and his mind again become assailable by something resembling hope almost instinctively he remounted his horse and almost involuntarily drawn on by hearkening to the praise of camilla and fascinated by the details made by jacob of her regard accompanied him back to cleves as they rode into the park and while he was earnestly endeavouring to form some palliation by which he might exculpate what seemed to him so guilty in the strange meeting and its strange circumstances he perceived camilla herself walking upon the lawn he saw she had observed him and saw from her air she seemed irresolute if to re-enter the house or await him jacob significantly pointing her out offered to show the effect he could produce by what he could relate but edgar giving him the charge of his horse earnestly besought him to retire in quiet and to keep his opinions and experiments to himself each now separately and with nearly equal difficulty strove to attain fortitude to seek an explanation they approached each other camilla with her eyes fixed upon the ground her air embarrassed and her cheeks covered with blushes edgar with quick but almost tottering steps his eyes wildly avoiding hers and his complexion pale even to indisposition when they were met within a few yards they stopped camilla still without courage to look up and edgar striving to speak but finding no passage for his voice camilla then ashamed of her situation raised her eyes and forced herself to say have you been into the house have you seen my cousin linmere no madam struck with a cold formality that never before from edgar had reached her ears and shocked by the sight of his estranged and altered countenance with the cruel consciousness that appearances authorized the most depreciating suspicions she advanced and holding out her hand edgar she gently cried are you ill or only angry oh camilla he answered can you deign to use to me such a word 
can you distort my dearest affections convulse my fairest hopes eradicate every power of happiness yet speak with so much sweetness yet look at me with such mildness such softness i had almost said such kindness deeply affected she could hardly stand he had taken her offered hand but in a manner so changed from the same action the preceding day that she scarce knew if he touched while he held it scarce felt that he relinquished as almost as immediately she withdrew it but her condescension at this moment was rather a new torment than any solace to him the hand which she proffered and which the day before had received as the token of permanent felicity he had now seen in the possession of another with every license every apparent mark of permitted rapture in which he had been indulged himself he knew not to whom it of right belonged and the doubt not merely banished happiness but mingled resentment with misery i see cried she after a mortified pause you have lost your good opinion of me i can only therefore she stopped his melancholy silence was a confirmation of her suggestion that offended her into more exertion and with sensibility raised into dignity she added only hope your intended tour to the continent may take place without delay she would then have walked on to the house but following her is all over he cried and is it thus camilla we part why not said she suppressing a sigh yet turning back what a question cruel camilla is this all the explanation you allow me what other do you wish all every other that meeting those letters if you have any curiosity yet remaining only name what you desire are you indeed so good cried he in a voice that showed his soul again melting those letters then you shall have them every one she cried with alacrity and instantly taking out her pocket-book presented him with a prepared packet penetrated by this unexpected openness and compliance he snatched her hand with intent to press it to his lips but again the recollection he had seen that liberty accorded to sir sedley joined to the sight of his writing checked him he let it go bowed his thanks with a look of grateful respect and attempting no more to stop her walked towards the summer-house to peruse the letters End of chapter nine read by Lars Rolander